2: Only via the app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery free in terms apply. See McDonald's.com.
0: This podcast is proud to be part of the Talk Sport Fan Network. Talk Sport. Powered by fans. Danilo's free. And he goes to get First time
3: we've
4: seen them attack
2: them,
0: and they're Well, that's what I wanted to see. Tyler!
4: Hello and welcome to Roadside Trent, here to discuss the 2-0 defeat to Spurs as Forest slipped to 17th in the league table after a third home defeat in a row, one goal in our last four games and what seems a host of problems. Here to go through the game and other topics are Lee Clark, Christian Brown and Reese Lane as ever. Morning chaps, morning uh, live chat, 11 of you joining us so far on a Sunday morning again. Uh, nice to see you all. Um get involved in the, in the topics as we as we go along hopefully we'll get you involved in the in the conversation but let's start with you Lee um as as you were the last to join us this morning uh, delaying the start uh, what did you make of an unchanged team uh, did you expect anything else uh, from from Cooper as, as such as the performance from last week against wolves
5: no i didn't expect anything else um it had to be done, really, didn't it? I think we all said last week on the podcast that um, the team gave everything for him, and I think um, whilst we're still searching for a consistent run of form, he's going to back players that um, will ultimately back him. So um, yeah, I wasn't surprised at all. And I guess if I was going to be surprised, I thought maybe one of the other midfielders might drop back in, uh, but obviously with Sangare being injured, um, that kind of forced his hand a little bit. With Koyate keeping his place. So no, no surprise. Um and I think it was the right call to be fair. I mean it hindsight's wonderful thing and you can say we lost the game, but I think after that performance at Wolves he had he had little choice but to to stick with the eleven that played in that game.
4: Yeah, I I, I, I agree with that on all on all fronts. I think the rest of us would as well. Um Reese, we'll get into to the game at the early start. I think Hugman's son got in within two minutes of the game, and I kind of thought, "Oh, well, I think I should turn to you and said that's a goal.'" And then Turner made a great save. To be fair to him, but I kind of thought it was going to be a long night from from then on. Uh, what did you think of the early exchanges of the game? You're on mute, mate. <laughs> First time I've
3: done that. I think I think we all thought Spurs were going to add more on the board, didn't we? I, th- I think you'd have to be, um, yeah. You'd have to be a bit of an idiot to think not, really. Um, but, yeah, it was a good save from Turner. Um, one of the few he did make, um, but we'll talk about what happened um, later, later. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, the, the first the first half, I mean, we obviously they had that chance early on, but I thought the first half, I thought we gave them as much as we got, really. Um, I mean, there was some thunderous challenges, which we've all kind of been same we wanted from players. I mean, Ryan Yates was absolutely smashing into folk. Um, you know, he must have took some heavy blows to his body. And, yeah, I, I thought first half um, wasn't too bad. But, you know, as we'll discuss, the goal comes at the worst possible time again, doesn't it? The, the, only, the only issue for me is, I mean, I think I said this on last week's pod, um, I agree with Lee, he kind of had his hand forced he's got to go with that same team. But for... If we want to kind of get out, we probably needed another attacker on there. So we had a free to give us a bit more of an outlet. I thought Alanga gives why it was hard for him to get out at times. And we were literally preying on Spurs, making mistakes, which they did a couple of times. Alanga had that shot, which Vicario saved, which the happy flaggy linesman flagged, couldn't wait to flag. Um, but yeah, it, it wanted it it a bad first half. Um, it's just, again, we've conceded at a terrible time, as I'm sure you'll come on to.
4: Yeah, Christian uh, Reese obviously touched on a few good points there. Tackles flying, and Yates, Nico Williams, Kiati, I thought really set the tone in in terms of that. And and it was actually quite nice to see. I've, I think for the last eighteen months, I've not really seen anyone put a tackle in as in such nature for Forrest, which has been really annoying in 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 some sense. But for for me, the biggest annoyance was Anthony Langus' chance, where I know the linesman does flag, but from from what you said in our group chat, he's actually on side, and for me, he should score.
6: Really, yeah, I'd agree. I mean, it's one of those that had it gone to VAR, one hundred percent would have been overturned. Like, the, it was. Um, I've, I've watched it back, and they're, they're looking at it, and Carag was like, "Hang on, that's onside." And I think, like, like Reece sort of said in our chat as well, it was very annoying because it felt like he couldn't wait to put his flag up for Forest, but as soon as there was a tight call for Spurs, he was like, "No, no, I'll keep it down and wait." It's like, come on, like we just see Marco Silver explode. At um, the Fulham Newcastle game, saying that you know officials they they get swayed by the home pressure too much or the the Sky Six or Sky Seven now include Newcastle pressure too much and um you know because he, he was saying that you know we didn't get any fouls given our way the slightest touch was given against us etc cetera, etc cetera. and it felt a bit like that the linesman and it, it was the same when we had um it was the same obviously official officiating team yeah, out when we had Villa. And like we said, there was a couple of times in that game where Taiwo was put through on sides and he flagged anyway. And it's like, come on, how have you not learned your lesson? This is where it's very, very frustrating again, because obviously it sort of bypasses the technology in a way. Because they're going, no, no, we don't trust you to use it. So we're going to go with our own instincts, even though we've been told not to put our flag up for tight calls anyway. And then you get that as a result. But ultimately, it was inconsequential because Alanga should have scored. You're right. Um, you go put through one-on-one like that. He just seemed like he just completely rushed his shot. Um, There was very little composure there. He just basically was like, get it on target and hope for the best, which you kind of expect a bit more from that. I mean, I, I've obviously refused to get um sucked into the whole Brennan Johnson versus Alanga debate. So at the minute, Alanga's output is actually probably higher than Johnson's was this time last season. And over the course of the year, we'll exceed what Johnson gave us um, on current statistics. But I think Johnson probably scores that, whereas langley should have done a lot better.
1: Hmm,
4: definitely, I, I agree with that. Um, Lee, the first goal is is really bad timing for Forrest because I, I actually thought we gave them a lot to kind of think about in terms of set pieces. Maybe not so much as clear-cut or open play chances, but... Uh, Brennan Johnson unfortunately went off uh, for Tottenham. Uh, kind of a good thing for us because he was always a, we know what his threats are like, and, and he got quite a good reception as he went off uh, with concussion by the looks of it. Unfortunately, hope, hope he recovers well in that sense. But uh, as soon as Dejan Kulusevski goes to the right hand side, you kind of know what to expect from him. He gets a yard on Harry Tofflow down at your end, and Richardson has a simple task of just getting his head on it. And I don't know what what you thought of Turner because there's a bit there's been a bit of a debate in our group chat whether. It's his fault or not, but as someone who was closer to the action and has played in goal, I feel like you could give us a an insight there.
5: (sighs) Probably anyone who's ever seen me play in goal will say otherwise, I guess. But uh, um, no, I actually don't think it was a good thing that Johnson went off for us because I don't think Kulisevsky would have been on that side of the pitch if Johnson was still on the pitch. and I don't think Johnson would have been capable of whipping such a wonderful ball in like Kulusevski did. It's very naive defending in the... I think if you stop the source, then obviously you stop the goal. Um, Kulusevski makes a career on playing on that right-hand side and whipping inside on his left foot. Um, so, yeah, a bit naive from the, the full-backs. I think Kriate was over there as well, helping out, wasn't he, um, from those two. In terms of the goalkeeper, I'm not going to blame the goalkeeper too much for that one. I think in that situation, he's damned if he doesn't, he's damned if he doesn't. With where Richarlison puts the header, if he stays on his line, he probably doesn't get it anyway. And then everyone says, why, he stayed on your line. It's just a bit unorthodox how he does stuff. I mean, is that typical of an American. They're kind of eccentric, aren't they? They're over the top with pretty much everything. Um, and it, it was just, I think Reese alluded to it in the, the group chat, that it just, it looked a bit awkward. It just kind of, it came for it, but didn't kind of come for it in the conventional way that a goalkeeper comes for things. Um, so, again it looks a bit weird but i'm not going to blame him for that one i think um he's going to get enough blame for the second one uh, and rightly so <laughs> uh, so yeah the i just think it's a great ball it's one of those goals in the premier league that when you play teams like tottenham you have to accept that if they get a chance like that they're going to score um i suppose bolly's got to take some criticism as well um he was there with he was the it was richarlison was his man wasn't he so um he's gonna have to take some criticism as well but yeah all, like i say it looked awkward it looked a bit unorthodox from turner but i don't i don't really think we can call that a goalkeeping error it was such a great ball um it was one of those that when united used to play and beckham used to stick it on the head of like sherringham or someone or york and cole it was one of them where you can't miss it was just such a great delivery um that yeah, I I'm not I'm not going to be in the game to start using those those sort of goals as goalkeeping errors.
4: Yeah, I don't I don't think uh, Kulusevski is is going to struggle to put those sort of balls in later on in the season against whoever a fullback he plays against. In in all honesty, because mm. he kind of just reminds you a bit of Robin. You know he's coming inside, just don't know when when he's going to do it. And, and with that kind of quality, then and into the corridor of uncertainty, as I like to call it, it's it's a dream for for strikers to get onto. Um, second half came. Reese and, and Forrest huffed and puffed. Um, we actually had a goal disallowed through Anthony Alanga. Great ball from Nico Williams, who I thought was excellent yet yeah, again. I know Christian, you I'm so glad you're on it this week because he did play well for a second time. Um, Man of the but, match for well, us. yeah, um, Alanga's obviously been tarnished with the brush of, of being offside a lot. Um, for me, I know he's not a striker, but he, he does have to do better, but actually, he. He was quite close to being actually onside for this one. It's such an unfortunate time because we were getting on top of Tottenham, I thought, in that in that moment, in all honesty. I didn't think Tottenham were really threatening our goal.
3: Yeah, I mean, I mean, this about three of them who are offside, aren't they? Um, yeah, but he's I the mean, closest I, one to being onside, to I'm be fair. Quite, I'm not really sure why it took so long for VAR to call that offside, personally, but here we are. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the funny thing was, Adam, we kept getting it out to Nico Williams. In time, I literally said to you, We need to stop crossing it in the air. Get it in on the floor. We're not going to win a header against Romero and Ben Davis, Alangres, and it? it's just not. I was like, Get it in on the floor. And what did we do? We got it in on the floor and we scored. I know, unfortunately, we're offside, but. Um, it, it's, it's kind of needs must into it with Alanga. I mean, he's not a striker. I just don't think he's kind of got that striker's instinct. I mean, we were saying weren't we? he was chasing Romero a couple of times and I was like, look, just nudge him in the back as you're chasing him. Wind him up a little bit. Whereas he just, Romero got in possession of the ball and he just passed back to the car you know, and Alanga turned around and like ran back. You've just got to put yourself about a bit. He's it, it, clearly a winger and like I said, it needs must into it. I mean, the actual striker we've got, who we bring on, is, is nowhere near good enough, in my opinion. He come on again, offered absolutely nothing. Um, I mean, I'm not saying a rig is Harry Kane level, but he must be sat on the bench thinking, what's going on here, really? Uh, why he isn't really getting any sustained minutes with the options we've got? But, yeah, it was just one of them things, Wanted not um, the, it? The key moments, the fine margins in games, I'll use it. Um didn't just go for us, did they, really, Friday night? That bit of luck you need. Um, you know, I'm, I'm just look I'm thinking of the Williams one, what hit the post in the last minute, hits the post, hits for Kara and goes to safety. Now, if that was ours, it probably hit the post, hit Matt Turn and gone in. Um, that's what happens when you're towards the bottom and it's not going for you. So, yeah, um, that moment, and I'm sure the next moment you're going to discuss pretty much killed it for us, isn't it?
6: Yeah, then I just... I mean, Go on. So, go I, ahead, I just say very quickly. So I know obviously we're seeing it from a Forest perspective, but I do think we have to give some credit to Spurs because that line that got Elangrand, Kuyate and the other I can't remember who was offside was literally like a ruler. It was so straight. It was like the the, the classic Arsenal line from the nineties. It was played to perfection. And you no, know, I know, obviously, yeah, you're right. Maybe we should have turned the run a little bit better, but you have to give credit where it's, it's due. That was really good defending from
3: Spurs. Yeah, it's a, the classic offside trap, isn't it? I, I don't, I do I don't personally blame us for that goal or anything. Staying onside—that's just one of them, really. I mean, even the the flag happy linesman thought it were onside. So what does that tell you? Um, yeah, Spurs are a good, a very good side. Very good, got a very good manager. So we, we all said last week if we'd have got a draw last night, would well. Friday night now would have been pretty happy. It would have been a good result.
4: Definitely. Um. There's, there was obviously a big discussion about the next incident and and to do with goalkeepers, but we'll go through the incident. I mean, Christian, you you've obviously rode the. I don't want Matt Turner in goal ever again. Uh, throughout the whole season, it's you've been quite fairly consistent on that. Although you have gave him credit when when credit's due, that's fair enough. But your overall opinion on him has never changed in that you don't think he's very good, and. It was two howlers in one moment for me. Uh, the goal, the kick to Kuluzewski is, is one and then the actual goal itself is another. Um Talk us through it. What are your thoughts?
6: Yeah, I mean, I don't want to be like, sound like a smart-ass, but I did. I told everyone. <laughs> I told you all. I said, if he's our number one keeper for the whole for start of the season, he gets replaced by January at the earliest. Like, he isn't good enough. He's someone that, if we got promoted as a championship side of him in goal, the first thing we say as a newly promoted Premier League side is, right, we need a better goalkeeper. He isn't good enough. There's a reason why Arsenal couldn't trust him to be a number two, let alone anything else. And yet he comes to Forrest as a number one. He is not, there's, just, there's no getting around that he is awful. And, you know, it's it's a, it's, a, it's laughable, really. And this is where it does come down the coupon. Like, you know, like Rita said many, many times, like, help yourself, Steve. Blackadimus like says nothing to warrant being dropped. And you can say, yeah, OK, we lost 5-0. But, None of those goals are his fault. I mean, like Gleese at the time, if you're blaming him for that second goal, the first Himles goal, for example, then you know, it's very clear that you don't watch enough football because there's nothing you can do about that. There's nothing you can do about any of the goals. Like you can go through them, dissect them one by one. It's a tap in by William. It's obviously, you know, Him has played through one on one. The third goal is a complete like defensive howler show from Aina and Felipe. And, you know, Yates makes a mistake for the fifth one, again, put for one-on-one. And the fourth one, again, he's left isolated on his own back stick. Like, he can't miss. So, you can't exactly say, oh, yeah, you know, going to be better for any of those goals. People just got it into their head that because he's not making a lot of saves, that, you know, somehow he's a bad keeper. But, uh, it's just ridiculous. He should never have been dropped. And, you know, we paid the price for that yesterday on, on Friday night. Because, as you said, the, the kick-out is, is appalling. And we've said this so many times with Turner. It looks like whenever he gets the ball at his feet, it's like he's got a bomb there. He doesn't know what to do with it. He just kicks it in hopes for the best. There's no, you know, th- that is not Premier League standard. I'm sorry, it's not even League One standard to be like that but bad with your feet. And you know, it goes straight to Kuleszewski. And then yeah, like fair enough. There's still a chance at that point to redeem it. And there's still a chance, you know, to, to and yeah, you can you know, to shut down, close down the angle. And to be fair, from the angle he's coming in at, all we can go is near post really. And then, like you said, Quaverists from Turner just puts his hand there, just goes straight through him. It's it's not good enough. It isn't good enough. It hasn't been good enough from the start. We should never have signed him. Like you look at like signing Arsenal number twos, for example. Fulham signed Bernardo for three million pounds. We spent more than double that on Matt Turner. So you have to serious questions has to go to recruitment for that because that's beyond abject, and it's going to cost us. Like I said to you at the time, I tweeted actually, if he's number one, get ready for Preston away. We're now, what's it, coming up to Christmas, we're luckily only five points above the drop zone. It could be even worse. And uh, given what we've got to come next with Newcastle Man United, come the start of the year, we could well be in the bottom three. And that is ultimately on Cooper for playing such a terrible goalkeeper. Like you live and die by your decisions. He's clearly picked someone that isn't good enough.
4: Hmm. Yeah, um, Pat in the comments has said Turner is done and uh, Raphael has said uh, Vlac w- looks way more composed and i have to agree with that. It, it's, a, it's another blunder that's cost us at a really key moment in the game where we, we're looking like we could get back into it. Obviously, having a slow goal, but but everyone's still up for it and then that happens and, and that kind of just kills, it kills all the confidence. Everyone's head drops and it's like, well, that's game over because we've not looked like coming back from any point of this season. Reese, what you got
3: to say? Yeah, and just, just to add to Christian, Like, um, I'm always willing to give players a chance. And to be fair, I do think Turner is, is a decent shot stopper. Um, I know that second goal does go against that. But at this level, you can't kick as bad as he can because you'll just get caught out. Because teams will realise, they'll press, as Brentford did. I mean, he fouled Wister. I don't know how the referees would pick up on that. Harry how he shifts feet is far too slow. It's too slow and, and and teams will prey upon it. And, you know, in the modern game at Premier League level, I'm sorry, but with his kicking ability, it just makes him overall not good enough to play at this level, in my opinion. It, I know, I know that's harsh. Up. Some people oh, find that harsh, but it's just a really harsh reality, I'm afraid. I'm fed up of, like, all these American tacticos
6: going, oh, but look at his save percentage. it's actually quite good. Watch him with your eyes. He isn't good enough to play Premier League football. I'm sorry, he just isn't. He can't kick. He isn't that good a shot stopper. I'm sorry, I disagree with that. I actually think that, you know, most of the saves he makes are fairly routine and then you get ones, look at the Brentford goal, for example, a head of straight acid that just goes straight through him. Like, he isn't good enough. I'm sorry, he's mm-hmm. not. He, and I, I said to you in the group chat, and yeah, there's probably an element of my head still fully
3: not back on my shoulders after Friday night <laughs> no, I genuinely really don't think he's any better than Horvath I really don't well, I, I compared him to Horvath in And a very very similar style and, and what did Luton do they got promoted and for actually out he, of the he isn't good enough so yeah. and this is well, Luton with respect we've been at we with respect a lot bigger club and been at the level for another year uh,
4: and, and, another um, issue is moving on is, is Youth Pesuma get sent off Lee and um, and well, Morgan gives White should probably shoot rather than pass in, in the incident. In, in the incident where Jared Gillett actually does well to let play continue, and then before VAR stepping in and to give a red card. Um, but we, we've been so bad this season against ten minutes. The fourth time, give fair enough. Lyle Foster gets sent off in the ninety-fourth minute for Burnley. But we've must have had about an hour this season against ten men, and, and not. I think we've had maybe two shots on target in, the, in those in that time.
5: I think it just sums up how we play in general. Um, whether it's 10 men or 11, it's just all a little bit passive. It's all a little bit negative. Um, every play, every attacking player we seem to have just seems frightened to death to take any responsibility. When was the last time that a goalkeeper came to or played against Forest and you think, wow, he's earned his wages today? I can't remember a time when a goalkeeper made... You know, in the Championship, you play certain teams and you think, bloody hell, it could have been five or six, but the keeper's played amazing. When's that ever happened in the Prem? Mm. I, I can't remember, ever. No, um, I can't. Um, it's just the frustrating. Only... It's like they hear the rumblings in the in the ground and they think, well, I'm not going to get booed. I'm not going to get moaned That's so why I'll pass it to someone else. Just bloody shoot. I, I just don't get it. I don't... Against 10 men, it should be the keeper that's clinging on for dear life. It should be the other team that's... Just fire some shots away. It's all too... I don't, I don't know. I, it's so frustrating because it, at this level, it, it's such a big opportunity against ten men. And I'm not saying that every. I'm, I'm not saying that every time in any game of football, someone goes down to ten men that the game turns on its head because it doesn't always work like that. And sometimes it can. It's a bit cliched, isn't it? But the old cliche is it's harder to play against ten men. Sometimes it can be because they get more bodies back and it can make life difficult. But it, we just we didn't even look like scoring. It's just it's just really really frustrating. Um, well. What- it, You'd think we'd work on stuff like that in training. I don't really understand why we're so poor against ten men. It just seems a bit strange to me.
3: When Basuma got sent off, is where the the, the shot should have come. Gibbs White was clean through, and he tried to play it to the side to Langer. He literally had the whole goal to shoot at from the edge of the bar, and he tried to pass it. Hmm. I, I mean, like Lisa Gibbs. I mean, Vicario's not made a save again really until that header at the end. Yeah, you know who who was the last game? Everton Pickford. Didn't make a save till the 90th minute, which was a, a pop shot for Murillo from 25 yards out. I mean, I didn't go to the Brighton game, so you guys probably have to tell me because I was at a wedding, but we're just not testing goalkeepers enough. I, I think I said that to you at half-time, and I know Christian said about the Alanga one, what was offside, but one shot a half, testing the goalkeeper at home, it's not it's not. I think, reason, I think. is it?
5: This is the thing as well. I, I don't know if we'll come on to this subject, but when you talk about Cooper and people giving him credit and stuff like that, You've got to help yourself, and he's not doing. It's like if we if we had a couple of the, the last three home games we've played: Tottenham, Brighton, and Everton. On paper, without Everton, are playing as well. They're pretty tough fixtures. Brighton have just topped a Europa League group that's got Marseille and Ajax in. They're tough fixtures. I I totally appreciate that in the Premier League, you're going to get games where you have to accept that you're just not be, you're just not good enough to beat teams like that. But on home soil, we should be we should be coming off thinking right, we gave everything today, but we've just come up against a keeper or or it might be a defender or a back four or whatever that's just been in inspired form. But we're losing games and not even having a go. It's like, that's the frustrating part, that we're not even... And people always harp on back to like, oh, well, we had one chance and we had this half chance. It's always half chances. It's never an heroic performance from an opposition player. It's always... I just don't understand it. I just think the subs as well on... On Friday night, we're just so beige again. It's like just have a go. Get get all the attacking players off the bench and just get them on. Just have a go. Show show everyone, show your boss that you're willing to get this. Try something different. And it's just I don't know. It's just all a bit um, bland, and I, I just don't think. He's at the minute. If Cooper went this afternoon, for example, I think he'd look back on the last month and say, "I wish I'd I wish I could have my time again and do things a little bit differently." Because I think tactically, we've just been. All over the place for months to be there. I mean,
3: Chris Wood, come on! I don't think he even touched the ball. I mean, well, I don't
5: touch it. He, he, he touched it and gave it
4: away,
3: Reese. Oh, <laughs> really. yeah. I mean, I, I mean, we put it in a few times. I don't think he even got off the ground. Nah, <laughs> you know, and and like like Lee like said, get get every the attack. I'd rather had it. And this is a proper football cliche, but it's true. And this is what this is what Ange um, philosophy is. I would rather have a go at 2-0 down, and they score in the 95th minute on the break and make it 3-0. And if we pepper their goal and Vacario's, let's say Vacario's made three or four great saves and they broke away and won 3-0, I'd say, well, fair enough. At least we've had a go. The keeper's in excellent form. You know, and I don't get why the media was battering Ange for it the other week against Chelsea because they, they had a great chance to equalise. i and I'd would not Yeah, and game. I'd rather that happen. Yeah, and a goal ruled out. I'd rather that happen and I don't think like we said, we had Toffolo's header, which was saved incredibly well, I must say. And Williams hit the post. But apart from that, what was it? 25 minutes without with yeah. against 10 men, there yeah. wasn't any sustained, I'd say, pressure where Tottenham were literally just hooking it clear in the hope, was they? There was a few times when they actually broke away as well.
4: Yeah, Christian, what did you add to add?
3: I think just got to touch on Lee's point about goalkeepers having
6: a performance at the City Ground. The only one I can remember is Allison last season for Liverpool. Mm-hmm. that is the only time I can actually remember a goalkeeper's come to Forest and had to like, earn his keep, because some of the saves he made that day were incredible. They had that one from Yates, which he tipped onto the bar and out for a corner, which was a joke. Like, he had absolutely no right to get a fingertip to that, but somehow did. Um But yeah, I I, I completely agree with him. I, I think, like, we aren't working keepers enough. We don't seem to have any real patterns of play. Moving forwards without Tywo, I know obviously Reese is going to... Say that, you know, and rightly so, that he's probably our most important player in that regard because we don't seem to have a clue on how to score a goal without him. But it's that makes you question as well like what they're doing in training. Like, are they just solely focusing on defending? Is it solely focusing on containment? Because they look to have no ideas whatsoever when it comes to pushing forwards at the other end of the pitch. We just pour in both boxes at the minute.
4: Hmm, definitely. Um, before we move on to some slept on it thoughts, uh, fifty-seven people here. Pat and Jim are having a right conversation about Blackademos and Navas, Henderson and, and and Turner, it's all kicking off in the comments. Um I think personally Blackademos has to come back in for the Bournemouth game. It's it's the only way forward on on, on finishing on that note. And we will get into obviously well, Cooper, so which saying, is a sorry, one more thing.
6: Topic. I'll say yeah. if if Cooper starts Turner on next Saturday, he deserves to be sacked. On the spot, <laughs> I, I, I'm at that point now. you make making you, you're literally signing your own death warrant if you do that now. He you cannot you're play right. for us again.
3: Well, Cooper's no. putting back in anti because he? he clearly probably trusts him more than vladimir but he's been repaid with that error on Friday night. Unfortunately, you live and buy you live and die by your decisions. This is what will happen in June with the Euros with Gareth Southgate if he picks Calvin Phillips and he messes up and England. Go out it will get handed for it that's that's the job of a manager you live and buy die by your decisions and unfortunately that decision has cost us the other night
4: definitely well let's get into some slept on it thoughts
0: red side of the trent (laughs) slept on it thoughts
4: Uh, that's a thank you to Jimmy uh, Allen who does the Nottingham Tune uh, animations on Twitter. So if you go check him out, and and Ian Finch who's actually dropped as a uh, uh, slept on it for this week, he he did the audio. We will improve that to make it a, a wider picture. But let's get into some slept on it thought. So starting from the from the very top, that's Kez slept on it. Cooper has to go. Give a new manager a couple of weeks to get. To know the squad and let him have a transfer window. Sacking Cooper any time later than this weekend is too late and would deny any potential new manager a chance at saving the season. Jerry Pritchard, frustrating night. In parts, we were okay, but there's no offensive strategy. Alanga is bang average and Wood is just garbage. When we have a chance to shoot, the shot is awful. What do they do in training? Turner is a liability with his feet. Drop him. Uh Brown, 19. Uh, if you set up not to lose, then lose, then you're in big trouble. Remember the great man Brian Clough took us down. How long are we going to hang our hat on Cooper? Feels like Leicester vibes from last season. Uh, Sammy Sammy Amiobi, no, not the Sammy Amiobi, but, uh, you know, Uh, need a goalkeeper. Don't feel confident with either. I'm not sure. I completely agree with that. Uh, Rob Waite, Committed performance, had had some good chances, but lacking quality in the final third. Morgan Gibbs-White, for all of his talent, doesn't offer enough in terms of output, goals and assists. Need another big ch- transfer window, including a proper number one. We and Cooper are in big trouble. Martin Fretwell, lack of quality final third and still schoolboy errors. Sarah, nothing seems to be working. Reese Coy, no other team in the Prem makes as many mistakes nor mess up so many chances. Feeble going forward and the players finally doing the non-negotiable elements of the game are masking a real problem. We are really in the midst of a relegation battle. James G, Matt Turner should never start a game again, but I'm not much more confident in Oddie. On a positive, Nico is cementing that right wing-back as his own, is is stepping up. Morgan Gibbs-White, much better down the middle, always too. The need for a striker and keeper in Jan is crucial. Slick Rick, time for a change. Mark Baker... Uh, Cooper has to go. He cannot coach a side with any ability to pass or retain the ball. It's all huff and puff with no end result. Our early game plan was to get long, go long throw ins uh, because it's the only way of getting the ball into the box. It reminds me of Tony Pulis, Stoke era. Uh, 55 spirit performance, but Cooper clearly unable to get the best out of players available to us. And last but no means least, because there's so many to go through. Yummy Bear, just back from the Curry House, Langa, born offside, lots of effort, but sadly a distinct lack of quality in key areas. Turner back to back away games come up one at newcastle two wins in 28 we are in big trouble thank you very much for everyone getting involved um it's yeah it's it is what it is uh unfortunately at the moment obviously the repetitive question and topic on mind is whether steve cooper whether we stick or twist um Reports coming out and, and odds are saying Stephen Gerard's the odds on favour. I think that's just naivety, but it, it is looking like Oliver Glasser, the former Iron Track Frankfurt manager, who's favourite to potentially take over one Europa League and plays kind of a similar system to what Cooper likes to play in the f- 3 4 1 2, or however you want to look at it in, in, in that respect. So, kind of would suit the players we maybe have. I, I'm, I'm not sure on that, on that front entirely without doing loads and loads of research into him or anything, but. I've, I've kind of got to ask the question again, guys. Uh, Lee, I'm going to start with you. But like, how, how how long do we give him now? Because I know we lost to Tottenham and it's, you say, oh, it's Tottenham in the probably challenge for the top four all season. But we we said this last week, can't keep going from week to week.
5: No, it's a tricky one. Um, I, personally, I think he just gets the Bournemouth game. I think... Um... There's got to be something going on behind the scenes in terms of Marinakis not being able to convince the man that he actually wants to replace him to come to us. Um, Because otherwise, I think he'd be gone. And I think we spoke about it on the way out of the ground on Friday. I think people need a little dose of realism here because people seem to think that... You look at like outsiders, like journalists are starting to harp on about it on Twitter, aren't they, and stuff. And it's like, oh, if Forrest sat Cooper, they're definitely going to get relegated. Well, hold on a minute. We've, we've we've had this isn't Cooper's first bad run in the Premier League. We've we're now on our third bad run in the Premier League, and yeah, you can probably say the first one is down to the fact that we've not been in the league for twenty three years. Um, but I don't know. It's just a bit nauseating that the loving that Cooper's getting almost because it, he's not without um, responsibility for this um, bad run. Um, I think it's it can be factually correct to say that you're thankful for everything that he's done for us and appreciate that you'll never forget the memories of Steve Cooper managing the football club and the good times because they've been amazing. But at the same time, he's not been without his flaws at this level. Let's not forget Steve Cooper's still learning at this level. And the argument to some will be, well, why can't he learn with us? Well, the simple reason for that is that we've got an ambitious chairman who wants to... Um, that's already plunged sort of 250 odd million into buying players for this manager to essentially be sleepwalking into another relegation battle. And in any walk of life, that just simply won't do. So um, I think people have kind of got to wake up to that. It's, it's not England Forest Football Club at the end of the day. It's not Steve Cooper FC. And I think ultimately, how long do we give him? The sentiment from Marinakis is nice. And even now you're getting people coming out saying, oh, he, Cooper doesn't deserve to work for an owner like Marinakis. Really? Cooper's getting more than an easy ride from Marinakis. If Cooper had been sacked a month ago, he couldn't have had any complaints, I don't think. We've won one game in 13, and people are somehow trying to justify that, well, it's Cooper. We can't, we can't, we've got to stick with him. Why? It's, I just think it's baffling, and that's not me having a a disrespectful rant about Steve Cooper, because like I've just said, I'll always be grateful for Steve. He's given me some of the best days watching Forest that I've ever had. Um, but ultimately, one winning 30... What other Premier League manager that's not part of a... a, a I mean, even... You could look at, like, 10 arg I mean, they're still winning games every now and again, aren't they? But it just doesn't happen. It's football. It's Premier League... For, for all the clubs that aren't in that big eight, the Sky Eight, as we call it, you're never more than three games away from the sack. And I, I must... It must be on a bingo card somewhere. that I, I say that on every pod. <laughs> one of those things where I just don't understand why... He's probably looking at the Bournemouth game thinking it's the, the owner, I'm guessing. is It's a winnable game. Let's give him every possible chance in front, front of our own supporters. But I just don't I don't really see a situation... If we beat Bournemouth, yeah, the landscape probably looks a bit... I think all the three teams below us have got quite tricky games again next week. They, they probably lose all... All three probably lose again. We might win. We might not. It's just I don't really get what's going off at the minute because I think if Marinakis was going to do it, would he have done it by now? I'd, I just don't. For me, he gets the Bournemouth game. If we don't beat Bournemouth, I think he will pull the plug. and he'll, Even if he has to put someone temporary in for the Christmas period um, while he tries to convince the man he really wants. But that's the only reason for me. I'm just guessing that looking at it with a bit of common sense, I suppose, I just don't think he's been able to convince the guy that he wants, whether it's Lopetegui, whether it's that Glazer guy from Frankfurt. I just don't think either of them are probably looking at it and thinking let's face it you're not going to jump at it are you i think the squad is good enough but i think at the same time you're going to look at it and think what's going off inside that dressing room is it ready for me Uh, so yeah i'm not sure
0: Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first.
1: ProPilot is an advanced driver-assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times.
2: Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage of McDelivery. You win? Order now on McDonald's app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.
4: And even, even Bournemouth's not an easy game there. Flying obviously had a s- sad moment in football yesterday playing Luton. Unfortunately, Tom Lockyer went down, collapsing, having a stroke as a reporter. So we, we send our best to Tom Lockyer, his family and obviously Luton fans and Luton football clubs. So on that one, but Tom Emerson in the comments, Reese has made a really good comment about Everton and and uh, Decore scoring six goals for Everton and Morgan Gives White having one goal and two assists and how Everton would love Chris Wood and getting the best out of out of him um and blaming the players is quite a lazy statement. What what's your thoughts on it? Because Pat has also added to that, like where do the goals come from? We're not scoring enough goals and not creating enough good chances, are we, really?
3: Well, I mean <laughs> That, my opinion is, Chris Wood is just not good enough. There is people who say, Oh, we don't play to his strengths. Well, you've got to, as a striker, put yourself about at least. We put a few balls into the box last night. He didn't even get off the bleeding ground with respect. You know, it's all right scoring a goal, a really good goal, header past Sheffield United, who are awful. And also two against Luton, who at the time I think had pretty much resigned themselves already to going down. But of course, we gave them a little helping hand, didn't we? And ever since then, every time I've watched Luton, they fight him. um, where do the goals come from? Well, I, I said at the start, into really, we we could have, should have. Well, I, I get why we went with the same team, but for the balance sake, it would have been better to push out if we had a three with Gibbs White as a false nine and Hudson Odoi and the Langer either side, um, in their natural positions, um, Well, a Langer anyway. Um, I mean, get like I say. I've kind of gave Gib White a pass on this podcast because he has been playing out wide all season he, and I've said it time and time again, he's, way, he's wasted out there but people say he was through the centre the other night, the Tottenham chance right through the centre, perfect time to shoot, he tries to play a stupid pass to Alanga instead of just smashing it at the keeper. putting his foot through it, yeah. Hit the target, yeah. Um Going back to Lee's point, I agree with a lot of Lee's point. I think he made some absolutely excellent points. Um, The one I will disagree on, though, is I don't think it's um, about convincing a manager. I think it's because if Maranakis does sack Cooper, he brings in, say, a Lopetegui or the Frankfurt guy, who, let's be honest, most Forest fans will know nothing really about. If they get off to a a bad start, which looking at the fixtures after the Bournemouth game is pretty likely... (laughs) Um, I think it could go toxic really quickly, as I've said again. Um, and, and then that and that's his worry. I think if Steve Cooper hadn't had done what he'd done for us in the past, I think he would have been gone quite a while ago, to be honest now. Because mm. the real the harsh reality is it's one win in 13. And if Pep Guardiola's won one in thirteen, he's probably gonna be shown the door. The, this is the reality of football. It's a, it's a results business, and it's all right playing well and have all the players again the you know, they gave 100% most of the other night. You can't knock the effort, but we've lost the game. And, and it, mean, it's it's about results at any level, you know. I'm, I mean, Gordial God, has won,
4: what, one in his last six? And people are saying, oh, can City still win the league? They're like four yeah, well, points yeah, off, like, off
3: top. Yeah, well, like, like the, the media was saying, oh, can they still get in the top four? and that?" This is Man City renowned for when it gets to the business end of the season. They're like a juggernaut, <laughs> you know, so... I I agree with Lee. I think if we were to not beat Bournemouth, I mean, I mean because then you're looking at with respect away at Newcastle. I know are decimated by injuries, but their first eleven is still pretty strong. And then Manchester United at home, who I know have had a couple of bad results, but I bet they've still won in the last 10, 6 or seven. Yeah, they were. One and of the, and, teams the, league and they one they, they always beat the poor sides. I mean, Bournemouth are on form. To be fair, I know they lost to them, and the I mean. Who else have they lost to in that period? I think they lost obviously they got Liverpool today, so they've always kind of beaten the lesser sides in that run unconvincingly, yeah. I must say. But they beat them, so yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it is like you said, Adam, it's a game by game basis. Um, and it should be, and it, and it yeah, it, it's hard, isn't it? Because we're discussing this every week, and to be honest, I don't really want to discuss a manager's future every single week, but this is how it is, and. Like, again, what I agree with Lee, it wouldn't surprise me if we didn't win that Bournemouth game. They'd probably stick Warren Joyce in charge for Newcastle and Manu, And then somebody comes in at the start of the transfer window with, um, it's about a three-week break then, isn't it? Because I know we play Blackpool or Forest Green, but I don't think the next Prem games until the 20th. So plenty of time then to work with the players, aside from the lads who are going to the AFCON. And I mean, as well, you look Maranaris Maranakis, Maranakis will look from his sense and think, well, I brought some players in, like the likes of Andre Santos. He's not used. He's brought in two specialist wing backs, so we can play with a five who we are really quick. He's not used Montel or Tavares. He's brought in a goalkeeper who is then dropped and stuck one back in, who's made an absolute shocking error the other night. You know, like I say, you live in these decisions are lived and died by. So, you know, I'm not I'm going back as well to the original question. You can't really compare us with Everton because they've got that siege mentality. I mean, I watched them last night. Burnley were absolutely dreadful. How we made them look half-decent, I'll never know. Ever- yeah, Everton, I mean, Everton pinned their keeper in. They put it on their keeper from corner. What did they do? First corner, what come in? Anana just rose above him and headed it in. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean someone, we, we don't so, seem to look like we know any of our opposition's weaknesses at the minute, do we? It's nah, always nah. about what, how can we keep them out. And it, it's just... It's very very hard, mate, at the minute because this this league, t- the taking defeats in this league, it it, it kills you, to be yeah. honest.
4: Uh, Seventy people have joined us so far this morning. It's a good turnout for a Sunday morning. People are, I don't know, you know, breakfast, cob, playing football, maybe here in a hangover I'm not sure but thank you for joining us but there's a few comments I just want to uh, mention Emerson has put uh, losing to Spurs is a problem not beating Palace uh, away then Brentford Everton Burnley or Luton at home is a major problem and I completely agree uh Football pundit, uh, chance creation is horrific. Has been since promotion. Need a new manager. When our sentiments I going to be allowed to make third man runs and nick a goal and open play? And I agree with that. We've not really had that since like Danilo. Well, I'll, um, I'll, I'll, someone's I'll mentioned we have got two, 200 hundred million pound strikers on the bench. I'm not sure where they've where, <laughs> where they've make, been I'll,
3: hiding. I'll make my last point. There's two key moments so far this season. One is a loot and debacle because this has yep. all stemmed from that. Um, because we, as well, would be three points better off than them. So what does that make? Is eight points above them, I think it would. Is that right? That is the main one. And number two is losing Taro, because, you know, as Christian said, our bang this drum on this pod is our most important player. That is understated at the minute, because we are not even half the side without him. Not even half the side without him. He's a massive, massive miss. And the other night, do you know if he would have played the other night, would have got a result from that game? Because mm. because first half when we was when it was all blood and thunder they were making a few mistakes at the back and Tyro's just absolute chaos isn't it? Well, there, um, was, there was and, he, and he would, from from he would have backed, and he would have backed into Romero and given him a hard night. We know we know is a hothead. Yeah. That that that's a negative. Knock him about a bit. You know, get him wound yeah, up. Yeah. Get, him, get him sent off.
4: Yeah, definitely. Um, Christian, I know I gave you kind of a hard task with Liam Reese kind of making a lot of good points. Something I wanted to pick up on and a few people in the comments have already, but uh Cooper is not even picking the best available players to him. And it's kind of a bit of a worry that you're not picking a 35 million pound player who's gave up Champions League football in Ibrahim Sangare. Dominguez who's like the king of the press from from Bologna is as he's renowned for. Vlakadimos coming from Benfica and Greek International not picking him. He's not helping himself, uh, albeit but the players maybe not giving him what he wants, but that's his job, as a uh, Roy Keane would say, uh, to motivate and, and get players to buy into his system. So, really, has he got a leg to stand on when you're not picking your best available team and, and getting them to play how you want them to?
6: Oh, this it doesn't help. I mean, I don't buy the conspiracy theories that Sangare is like shunned, I do think he's genuinely injured. Um, he's just, he's just very, so unfortunate, with because obviously we saw him at West Ham, he looks amazing. Like, he looked like oh, that's the player we signed, and then obviously, he got that virus, international grip duty came back like a stone light or whatever else was okay for a half inch Everton, and then very quickly wasn't. And, um, yeah, obviously, now he's injured. Now, got they got dropped at Fulham after Fulham, and is now injured. Um, yeah, I, I take that at face value. I think he's injured, I think they've all been into that. I was a bit surprised. Not to see Dominguez come on for Cuyate, especially on Friday night. I thought because, like as you said, you know when, especially with nine and ten men, it's like you we're know, pressing, we're trying to like get in their faces a bit more. I thought he'd been very well suited to that, and um, they would have been games with strengths. I thought so. It's a bit surprising not to see that um, transpire, but yeah, it's a, it's a little strange. I mean, I was ultimately going by he couldn't really drop anyone because of how they performed at Wolves. I guess the the one thing I do find a little baffling thing, though, is the reluctance to play Origi in any capacity. Like, we saw when he started at Fulham, Origi actually, like, it was the closest thing we had in terms of a stylistic point of view to how we played, to how we played with Cywo, because we had a striker that could move, and a striker that was running, and we had a striker that was, you know, passing the defenders. And, you know, fair enough. Obviously, we, we felt a bit. So it wasn't necessarily his fault we felt a bit. And I felt it was very, very strange that he hasn't really seen the light of day since but I I don't know I, I, I think realistically we all said didn't we like if we're in a position where at Christmas we're in a relegation fight Cooper will likely go and mm. now we're basically in that position so I agree with Lee I think he'll get the Bournemouth game and if we lose that it'll be curtains it probably will even with Newcastle and Man United coming up after that they probably will give that to a caretaker um, just because I think even
3: if we don't win that
6: yeah, it's a, draw, a draws, a ball, not we, really. yeah. Enough it's not a deficit, really. But then we don't know, we don't know because, like you said, like what caretaker's gonna fancy those games. <laughs> um, so I, I, mean, I don't know. I mean, to be honest, I find that the notion that Marinakis is this trigger happy, sort of like um, hire and fire merchant it has been somewhat dispelled with forests I know there are people listening, I sort of like might raise their eyebrows at that, but if you look at this record of Olympiacos, it's very different to what it is with Forrest. I mean. If you go through his time, okay. Karanka Karanka resigns. Admittedly that was due to interference rent us which obviously as a Marinark is higher. Um, you call out naivety on their part, the board's part for obviously not fully understanding what it's like to run an English club at that moment in time then it was O'Neill. O'Neill should have been sacked after the first game. He should never have got the whole season. That was a disgrace. The fact we even hired him was a disgrace for the most polarising time in, like, a severe Forest land, really. Absolutely. Like, what other championship club? I think even Rotherham would have gone near O'Neill, let alone a team teaching the top six. Absolutely. Like, some of the Prehistoric footballs. So, we,
4: we we lost that, Rotherham I,
6: I went to that game. I, I don't know. Was no, I remember we had we horrible. had fans, we had fans but, generally coming out back in the miracle man saying Rotherham's a tough place to go. But, but at least Renegated Roy stood
3: in front of their throw-in.
1: Yeah,
6: literally, that was oh, a good I've moment, moment it.
5: wasn't it? Absolute disgrace, <laughs> <laughs> absolute disgrace.
6: Then obviously, what what came after that? And it was a Lim- after yeah. that. La should have been sacked after the Stoke game. In hindsight, like he should never have had the summer to oversee it. Like that was a complete failure. When the board persisted with him, they went, you know what? Okay, let's see how the summer goes and let's see how the first few games of the season go. We'll give you a chance to sort of get back on track. Obviously, it didn't work, were sacked. And who was after? I was going you know, Chris Hughes. Chris Hughes should be sacked after the Derby game. Like, after we drew one at Derby, we were two week international break with break. The transfer window still open for a few more days. That's where he should have
3: been sacked. And he we've could even have heard argued that... as well with Hughes, and he could have gone at the end of the season. Yeah. When... Because well, he wasn't I mean, be really fair. doing much, yeah, it was, it was It was job done, to be fair. It was Keith Forrest, yeah. though. Because that was before we realised you could lose your first four games. Well, I mean, like Co- the style Co-
4: of... COVID season, wasn't it? I know, so, but yeah, the yeah,
3: style yeah. of football and that was hideous, wasn't it? Oh, I was we, but it was We were all defensive, much. saying, give him a pre-season. Then... He didn't He didn't want players like Brennan Johnson, who turned out to be a £45 million player in yeah, a season's time. In Hooton's offence, I will say
6: that the remit will survive at all costs at that stage. We lost our first four games of the season. It was very much just get us out of the mess. So I can. Quite, what I can't allow is that for after the pre-season, us are still playing the same way, because that was a joke. That, that shouldn't have been happening to the players that we had at his disposal. So I will give him some credit for that but again he should have been sacked after the derby game because you know it was one point from fight from possible 15 and it was dire and then now we look at cooper cooper could have gone feasibly after the leicester game we lost 4-0 he could have gone very feasibly after we lost to Leeds 2-1 because at that point i think all of us were convinced we we're going down he could have been sacked off we lost 2-0 to united we'd have no shots on target as much lifeless display at the city ground we've had in a long long time we didn't and he could have been sacked over that five times over the last five weeks. He hasn't been yet. So this notion that Marinark is just going to sack everyone in sight, I don't think we can necessarily say that with any conviction anymore, because he's proven, especially at Forest, that he's given his managers time. He's given them every opportunity. And like Lee said last week, like I think he generally wants it to work for Cooper because he knows, as like recently, if he does sack him and whoever comes in starts off badly, it's going to turn very toxic very quickly. So... It's very difficult. I mean, I still think, like, if we don't beat Bournemouth, it'd be one win in fourteen. It'll be no home wins in four, and you know, and that that is there's more than ample grounds to be sacked. And yeah, he might go to Palace, afterwards, Cooper, and I'm sure you know, we know he's a very good coach. We know, you know, he 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 probably will be a f- established Premier League manager for a long, long time because that, that's how good he is. But equally, at the minute something is not working. Just because it, just because it isn't working here doesn't mean it won't work somewhere else, for example. And it just feels like when Cooper came into the club for the first time, he obviously ripped the handbrake off. And now it seems like he's sort of put it back on and he's sort of stuck a bit. Like we're just trying many different things. Like it just feels like one rebuild too many, personally. Um mm. like but then obviously that comes down to a breakdown in communication with recruitment because obviously he's gone to them saying, Oh, I need ex-players in this position, and then he's gone, right, okay, here's Montiel, here's Tavares, he's gone, no, not them. Here's Andre <laughs> Santos, Smithfield, no, not him. Here's Origi, He's a striker, no, not him. So, you've then it's sort of like, well, okay, you're, you're now hamstringing yourself by not... So, something's clearly broken down along the lines there. So, you know, it's it's difficult. I mean, I think obviously we all, maybe we've, maybe we've tried to do too much too soon. We've all sort of said, like, you know, we want to transition from this deep-block side into... You know, a side that's playing more progressive. But in the games you mentioned earlier, the ones we'd be losing in or not winning in, we've tried to be progressive I and mean, it's not worked. Like Burnley, like Everton at home, for example. Like we, We've tried to be more you know, playing football rather than playing to our strengths, which kept us up last season, i.e. not having the ball. And it hasn't worked. So I don't know. I mean, it's a very difficult decision to make. I'm still not entirely sure where I stand in it all. I uh, just think that you know, it's, it's an unenviable task. It probably is an element that Le Petit Gay or Glasner aren't fully convinced at the minute, although I find that a little off because I think Le Petit Gay came in game week 17 for Wolves now, bottom of the league. So, you know, it's not like, yeah. But it's just difficult. I mean, I just, I just hope, I mean, obviously, the thing is, though, like we said, this is the difficult nature of football. If we beat Bournemouth 1-0 next week, which for what it's worth, I think we will do, Amazingly, <laughs> I think I think I, I, I'll explain why my predictions. But if we ball up one nil next week, then what? Because let's mm-hmm. say Luton lose, then we're eight
5: points clear. It's like what we're we complaining about.
4: Yeah, Lee, just finish it off before we move on.
5: Yeah, just I was just going to say that I think another element that probably is playing into Marinakis's thinking. And I think Christian made a good point yesterday. If Luton had won yesterday, the gap would have been two points. I actually think we'd be having a very different podcast if that had a, if that had been the case. Um, because at the minute, as, as daft as this sounds and as deluded as people might call me, it still, it still means one of those... At the minute, it still means one of those three god-awful teams below us. Um, that's going to come back to bite me on the arse, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> it still means them winning two games. and it, You can't see them doing it. I mean, how many games have they won between them all season? I'm not sure. But it, I, I just think Marinakis is probably looking at it, like Christian just said. Um if we win next week and they all lose, the gap it, all of a sudden becomes eight points and it's like, hold on a minute, it's three games now. Um, so, it, it, I don't know, I just think I think Marinakis for the stick he gets is a very clever man and I think at the minute he just views it as, well, we can keep losing because the teams below us are that awful. So, let's kind of take our time with the appointment and if we do get to a decision where we've got to get rid of him, i.e. if Luton had a won yesterday, um, then obviously we, we, we make the right call. So, Yeah, there's lots of different factors going on in the background, I think. But um, yeah, it's it's strange because everything's all doom and gloom. But ultimately, one of those three teams below us has got to win two games to leapfrog us at the minute. So, yeah, that's probably giving Cooper a little bit of grace as well.
4: Yeah. Uh, just to finish off before we do a uh, few player performances on a brief and then and a ball of prediction, uh, a few comments. Uh, Raphael thought never seen any t- anyone testing the patience of Maranakis like Cooper. Uh, he said uh, Jardim got sacked with 10 points clear at the top of the Greek league. <laughs> um, also, uh, Nomad has agreed about you being patient uh, about, about Marriott being patient Christian uh defending uh, a lead is not playing to our strengths it's just asking the opponents to a task. that's from uh DJ Tone that's yeah I agree with that uh Jamie's put as much as we need a striker I think we need a keeper even more I think clean sheets more like I don't think it's the goalkeeping I, just, I really don't it's not the goalkeeping that's letting us down although Turner yeah making a blunder it's, it's scoring goals wins your football matches not goalkeepers unfortunately um Anyway, let's do some player performances. Uh, Lee, I'm going to give you Oral Mangalo, who I thought was actually quietly excellent against youth Bissouma and, and uh, Pape Sarr, to be honest. I thought he was so composed on the ball and, and continues to be our player of the season so far, in my eyes.
5: Yeah, he was head and shoulders above any other Forest player, I thought, on um, Friday night. It's funny because I think since we said on the podcast, we don't really know what sort of player it is. He's kind of it's almost like he listens to the show and he's, he's kind of thought i'm going to show them what sort of player i am um yeah it was very good um very calm and composed doesn't doesn't necessarily do the uh, whistles and bells if you like overly well you know if he tries a long ball that sort of stuff it's not really his game it doesn't really suit him i think he went to try one in particular to williams at one point on the right and it didn't, it went straight to a Tottenham player. Um, that's just not his game. I just think, um, is a better player when he keeps things nice and steady and keeps us ticking along. But uh, yeah, he was, um, either him or Williams would have been the shoe in for, for man of the match, I think, on on Friday.
4: Yeah, uh, Reese Ryan Yates, I thought led by example in terms of uh, more action and and uh, into rather than quality, but someone that I think has performance that has been needed, but needed probably, I don't know, four or five games ago, in all honesty.
3: Yeah, I mean, it was literally chalk and cheese, wasn't it, from his performances against Fulham and Everton. He was literally smashing into anything inside, which was brilliant. It is the desire and commitment that you need to see when you're down at the bottom struggling. Um, I thought, he, in the first, I thought it was absolutely excellent. Um, I think second half, he just kind of took that many hits, a bit like a boxer. It kind of took it out of him a little bit. But yeah. Um, he, we've always said, haven't we, on this podcast? I don't think you can. Nine times out of ten, you can fault Yates's desire and commitment to the shirt. Um, I don't think anyone's ever had that against him. It's just more his technical ability. But yeah, he did. He did lead by example because, and we've said this team lacks leaders. Um, definitely first half, I thought he did that to a T. Um. I think that's all that really needs to be said, really. Yeah,
4: um, and Christian, I, I'm I'm super glad you're on this week because I have to give you Nico Williams because you can't not give him praise for, <laughs> for the second week
6: running. I no, thought he no. was
4: actually really good against Son to say how good Son... Like, he's a world-class player, world-class winger. I thought he did really well against him until the, maybe the very end where he could probably beat him. A couple of balls in
6: behind. Son was pretty poor, I thought. I thought that's testament to how Williams played. I think the Williams we're seeing... From Wolves and yes and Spurs. If you compare that players to the one that we saw last season, it's like night and day. So it's actually like looking at two different players. Because one's looks pretty confident defending. And one doesn't or didn't. So it's um I think for the first time we're starting to see uh probably why we sort of decided to fork out the one that we did. I again it's still quite high for me, it's still a long way to go. Like we said with Yates, um, priorly, I mean it's 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 one thing having like one or two good performances, but he's got he's got to be consistent now and he's gotta make nail that like shirt his own. And to be fair, performances like Spurs will go no harm to doing that. I thought he was very good, like his um his crossing was good. Like obviously we, we um we said again the Brighton game when he came on, his crossing was awful. Like it was going absolutely nowhere, but the last two games it's been right straight in the right areas. Like he's been picking his men out well. No, he's been doing all the right things. So, yeah, you know, full credits with turnarounds and hopefully it continues because ultimately, like, you know, I'd, I'd rather be wrong about a player and that includes Matt Turner and then, you know, then be right about them. Because obviously, if I'm right about saying a player is going to be bad for us, it means that hurts Forrest. So I'd much rather say, oh, Williams is going to be terrible and he was last season, but he's now good than. You know, it sticks to the form, and we move him on, and you know the club makes a loss. So because I mean, he wasn't that long ago. We we're saying that look, he'll probably go on loan to Leeds or someone like that, and he'll go to the Championship on loan because he wasn't getting a kick. To be fair, whatever he's been doing on the training grounds, he's come back a different, a completely different player. So fair play to him for that.
4: Yeah, definitely. Um, so let's get into Bournemouth predictions, uh, Lee. They're on a good run. Obviously, like we mentioned yesterday, their game got abandoned yesterday, unfortunately, to, for, for what happened to Tom Lockie, as we meant, as we already said. Um, how do you see it going? They're on a really good from and form. They're probably the in-form team in the league without maybe... I think you, I think Liverpool might be running them close in that in that aspect. But Dom Solanke is also probably one of the most hottest strikers in the league at the moment. Um, they're they're going to be a real threat at the city ground, in, in, in all honesty. I'm quite worried.
5: I suppose, uh, yeah, it's, it's difficult, isn't it? Um, it's funny how doing doing something like this and getting every all the negative, negative stuff off your chest can change your opinion of something. Um, I think we might win. Uh, I've just got a sneaky feeling we might win. I, I don't know why. Um, I don't know. I'm half expecting that Cooper might rip it up again and, and do something stupid like make another system change and... Um, What I would say is I don't think we can go into the Bournemouth game with the mindset of just defending and defending like we did against Tottenham, basically. Um, So, I think something... I don't don't know why. It's blind optimism, maybe. I think we'll win. I think it'll be a bit of a goal fest like last season. Um, And I think it might be 3-2 again. Uh, But I think it'll be in our favour this time. Let's have some positivity. We're going to
4: score three goals. My goodness. Why not? Reese thoughts? (laughs)
5: <laughs> that's
3: the level we've got to. That we're worried about Bournemouth coming to the City Ground. Well, yeah, because we are the, crap. That's the that's the level we've got to, Adam. <laughs> um, I mean, I'm just I'm just looking at their their form. I, I think before Friday night, the last five, they're top of the league, Bournemouth. So, just to add a little bit more, um, <laughs> I I, 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 don't, I don't know, mate. I, I, do it. My head says I can't see where the next win comes from. I just can't because we're just in both boxes. We're just not doing enough. We're not creating enough, and we're not. We're making too many mistakes at the other end. And a side in form in Bournemouth who play, um, you know, apparently I've not watched Bournemouth. I don't think at all this season. The, their manager Iriola, is it. He likes to play football. He's got him going. hasn't he? The, he was he was pretty much on the verge of maybe getting sacked, really. And, he's, yeah, and big to Newcastle. be fair to to be fair to Bill Foley, he stuck with him and he's got him going. Um, so it, it's going to be tough because they're they're going to be full of confidence. I mean, unforeseen circumstances. I'm yes, not sure what effect that will have on them, but because that is just something you can't comprehend. But yeah, my, my my head my head says. And I'm going to go in my head. I think it'll be a draw and it'll be a 1 1 draw. And I I just don't think that will be enough. We need, we have to win Saturday. We've got to win Saturday because do, do you, I mean, do you guys see us going to Newcastle away and winning or beating Man United at home? And then you've not got a game then until, like I said, the 20th of January. You're even worried then about beating. If it is Blackpool, Blackpool in the FA Cup because they've got a man, a certain Jordan Rhodes on fire who loves scoring, <laughs> who loves scoring past Forrest. So, you know, um, oh, God. yeah, that's what I'm going to go for. Me, I'm, I'm, I'm. Like Lee said, and he's right in the head. I mean, I've said I'll back Steve Cooper to the end and that at the ground, and I will. But you know, at the end of the day, it's not Steve Cooper. Pressy, it's Nottingham Forest. I see Forrest. Whoever is in charge, whether it's Martin O'Neill, Steve Cooper. Chris Hutton, Gary Megs and Forrest need a win Saturday. That, that is that that is the reality. Whoever's in charge, and I'm just praying we can get a win for the club because we're in a relegation battle and we need a win. Yeah,
6: definitely,
4: Christian. Anything to
6: add?
3: Yeah, we're gonna win. We're gonna win one nil. Oh,
6: Calling it now.
4: Bournemouth um, really like coming to the City Ground, Christian. Well, I know. But, there. Yeah,
6: they're a bogey side for us, and like, I, I sort of think like I, I remember when we were beat, We had many chances. Get Lance
3: and Lachelle's back, and we'll be in yeah. <laughs> we, we
6: had Eddie Howe came, they scored a 90th minute equaliser that drew one all of us. You know, I mean, obviously we had last season's implosion. We lost there, obviously for the um, promotion game. Um, obviously, yeah, that was at Dean Court, whether the Vitality Stadium, whatever it's called now, but. I think we're due a win. I think we're due something. I mean, we didn't deserve to lose to West Ham. We probably deserved something yesterday, really, or Monday, Friday night. You can argue, but for keeper like throwing the game effectively, like you know, if you look at um, you know the chance that Bolly had, the Williams one that hit the post, the Toffolo header. You know, obviously talk about your luck being against you, but I think we've done enough to warrant something going our way, and that could just be blind optimism, of course, but. Because you know, on another day, all three of those efforts go up. Oh, Bolly, who took it down like a champ, by the way, took it down like a prime striker, oh, going to about then that it into someone's face in the trend ends. But you know, on another day, that goes in. Another day, the Williams one goes off the other side of the post and goes in. Another day, you know, Tophlo's header goes in. So I think that you know, if you look at on another day, the Alanga one's flagged on side and he gets that on in as well. So... I'm going to be a bit more optimistic. I think that, you know, we've already shown once this season that the form team comes to the city ground isn't necessarily given. Vaston Villa, there's no reason why we can't repeat that and hopefully give ourselves a bit of a Christmas present. I think we'll win 1-0.
4: Well, I like the optimism. I'm I'm very much taking the leaf out of Lee Clark's uh, pessimistic book this time and, and this time of year. Um, I think we'll we'll lose. It's the end of Cooper. Um, I think that's it's it's gonna. If we win, it's good. And if if we lose and Cooper goes, for me, it's it's kind of good. And it's because we need to rip that band aid off and and kind of rip, start again. And get the new, get a new note. A, a, a out loss
3: and, isn't a loss isn't good in any sense, mate. Where well it's not that?
4: good. It's not good, but like we we need to get either get rid of the manager or win. So do you know what I mean?
3: It's for me it's 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 something if you happen. had Pep Guardiola in charge you'd struggle to get anything at Newcastle personally, but we'll, we'll, see, let's, we'll see. We'll, we'll
4: we will see. Um, but yeah no I think we'll I think we'll lose three one personally. Um, that's just what I'm going for. I think I think Solanke Semenyo... um Clive Tavernier we'll, we'll have a have a joyous afternoon at the city ground I'm not going to be I'm going to be honest with you um, but yeah thank you very much for joining us we'll see you midweek for uh, a Bournemouth preview enjoy the rest of your Sundays uh, even though I've been very pessimistic it's still a come on you Reds
0: this podcast is proud to be part of the Talk Sport fan network Talk sport, powered by fans
2: Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home advantage with McDelivery. You win. Order now on McDonald's app at participating restaurants. 18 plus serving times. Delivery fee and terms apply. See McDonald's dot com.